2: The Athletic.
0: It's straight out of Cobham, a show about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. On this episode, take takeover latest as blues fans say no to rickets, easing of sanctions means ticket sales permitted. We catch up with the women's team, tell you who's doing what in terms of international duty, and put our experts' knowledge to the test our latest quiz available for free wherever you get your podcast and ad-free on The Athletic this is Straight of Cobham. Here we are again then gang Matt Davis Adams here alongside Dominic Fifield the Athletic's Chelsea slash London football expert.
2: Expert in inverted commas how are you doing?
0: <laughs> I'm all right thanks. Uh, Sam Park is also with us Chelsea Academy graduate how are you doing Sam?
3: Good Matt good morning.
0: Uh, right, before we get to the latest on the takeover, it was announced on Wednesday that Chelsea will be allowed to sell tickets to away games, cup matches and fixtures involving the women's team after the UK government made alterations to the club's special licence. Means Chelsea will be able to sell tickets for the home Champions League quarterfinal against Real Madrid on the 6th of April and the FA Cup semi-final at Wembley against Crystal Palace on the weekend of the 16th. Uh, so Dom, away supporters can come to Stamford Bridge, but Chelsea can't sell additional home tickets just to season ticket holders. Have I got that right?
2: Yeah, that's the case. And the supporters trust have actually just issued a statement this morning saying that they want to talk to the government and get an explanation as to logic um, as to why Chelsea members can't buy tickets for home fixtures. I suspect in time again, there may be further tweaks to this licence. Um and it's, it's, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? But we, we have to sort of bear in mind that as hard as this is to accept for some people and for Chelsea supporters in particular, that, that sanctioned businesses don't normally get any kind of leeway and Chelsea are being offered some so that they can continue to function. I actually thought the most significant thing about the, the license renewal that was granted on Wednesday was the... Ability for Chelsea to tap into £30 million of money from Fordstone, who are the holding company that controls Chelsea, obviously Abramovich, beyond that. Um, Now, that should ensure that Chelsea can meet payroll for the foreseeable and allow them to really get through to the takeover um, without any issues, without any concerns about whether the the business will function. Uh, And that probably is the reason why they haven't... um, Offered them more routes to to ticket. Although actually thinking about it, all, all the ticket revenues that we've talked about there for Chelsea away fans, or for for the FA Cup semi final at Wembley, and the Champions League, that's all going. All that money's going to the Premier League to be to be held, and will eventually go to. Victims of the the war in Ukraine, as after discussions with Chelsea Football Club. So it's not as if that money is is helping Chelsea pay the bills, so to speak, on a on a weekly basis for the for the, for the foreseeable future. The thirty million pound from Fordston will do that.
0: Sam, I hate to use the phrase sporting integrity after what happened with Middlesbrough last week, but it does feel like it's a it's a benefit in terms of the actual football games, isn't it? You know, that there are going to be supporters from Chelsea at the FA Cup semi-final, that there will be away supporters at Stamford Bridge and then at the venues that Chelsea go to as well. It just kind of nips that in the bud, doesn't it? Of, of talk of, you know, if Chelsea beat somebody 4-0 at home and there are no away fans, then then people cry foul.
3: Of course, yeah. It will make it or a better spectacle um, and yeah I, I th- you think about these supporters that have um, you know watched the club during their their rise uh, long before they had the successes of the recent years and it just seems that there's not a great deal of logic here um, there doesn't seem to be too much joined up thinking you either I feel that these sanctions have to remain harsh or you know you, you change tact and and, and you let the supporters go back. It, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me, these, these recent adjustments. But of course, from a, a football point of view, um, you want supporters in there. You know, you was, there was six 700 wasn't there at, at Middlesbrough. And it looks likely that they'll be able to go back in their in their numbers and for the Real Madrid game of course you know I spoke on the previous podcast about the potential of facing Liverpool and Manchester City behind closed doors yeah I think Real Madrid would have been a tough proposition considering um what the burnabout presents so yeah that's definitely a, a real positive and and ultimately as Dom says you know with this money again it seems peculiar uh that this has been altered but the government uh, the governing bodies—they don't want Chelsea to go to the wall. So hopefully, it means that they can get through, get the sale done, and um, Chelsea can can continue to move forward and prosper.
2: But the reality of it is that if the takeover is approved in the next, say, ten days, it, it's still going to be potentially six to eight weeks before it actually comes into place. So they needed some kind of leeway in terms of. Of money, access to money to meet payroll, given that their monthly wage bill will be anywhere from twenty five million to thirty million pounds. So, so that that is that is quite key. Um, And although we we sort of we we've spoken a lot about how this process is being, there's an urgency to it. Everybody wants this resolved as quickly as possible. It's still a multi billion pound transaction. It's going to take. Six to eight weeks just to get that done because of the, the legalities of it, all the, the fit and, the, sorry, the, what's it called now? The directors and owners test or owners and directors test, uh, fit and proper persons and all that. All these things are going to take a certain amount of time. So even if Rain Group determine who they want as their preferred bidders in the next 10 days the process will will follow a pattern and and they needed money to just a bit of give them a bit of leeway a bit of a safety net really to ensure they can they can meet costs
0: well let's move on to the takeover then the bids are in we're just waiting for for word from rain group that they've sifted through the various offers and decided who they favor Uh, lots of opprobrium from Chelsea supporters this week Dom on the prospect of the Ricketts family taking over Uh, tell anybody who doesn't know why that might be
2: so that all, that all dates back to, to comments made by Joe Ricketts, the, the father. Um, I think it's Tom Ricketts who's putting the bid together. Um, Islamophobic comments made in emails dating a, a while back, which have, have resurfaced quite rightly and, and, and set alarm bells ringing amongst the support at Stanford Bridge. And, you know, given Chelsea's uh, Islamic support, uh, given the fact there are muslim players in this chelsea setup in um, the first team indeed uh, quite rightly it's a cause for alarm and i've quite admired the the sort of the movement that has started online it's just, it's it's reminded me a bit of the um, say no cpo campaign back in the day about 10 years ago and it's getting a voice out there it's making it's it's hopefully making rain group very much aware that that Chelsea's supporter base appear not to want the Ricketts bid um, taken into proper consideration or, or, to, or to to progress. I suspect it probably will because it's probably one of the better financial groups, not least because it's backed by Ken Griffin and uh, and his his billions. But you'd like to think that Rain Group will take it into account when it actually comes to to slimming down the three or four on their new shortlist, which should be announced. Thursday, Friday this week, to the one preferred bidder status, uh, which will probably come out next week, I'd imagine. And you'd like to think they would take that into account. I, it's it'll be very interesting to see what what Rain's approaches to all that, because I mean they've they're there to to get this this takeover bid done, and if they if they consider the Ricketts bid to be the best bid financially out there, uh, offering the best plans for Chelsea's future, then they may be conflicted slightly.
0: What will the players be doing, do you think, Sam? Obviously, they'll be aware of this. Will they be particularly interested in it? Will Will there be concern over this, this Ricketts issue? Or will most of them just be thinking, well, I'm either away from Chelsea with my country or I'm in Dubai or wherever. I'd rather just forget about it and we'll see where the cards fall when I get back.
3: I think the, the landscape has changed greatly. As as Dom says there, if there's people that are offended by what what's happened in the past, then... The footballers seem to have more of a voice than ever now. I mean, you know, we've seen in the, the last couple of weeks the scrutiny that Eddie Howe's come under, uh, for, for example. So I wouldn't be surprised if if this bid was the, the chosen one, if there was some opposition from some of the high-profile players at the club. Absolutely. I think it, they'll, they'll be discussing it. Um, the contract situation is obviously, you know, something that we're discussing often uh, on this podcast and you know the the right ownership have got to see that as something high on their their list of agendas so I think that has to be that has to be there the the stadium issue uh continuing the the growth the the excellence of the academy I think you know all these things need to be there and 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 yeah the focus on maintaining a challenge as well and I know the financial uh implications are the most important thing probably right now but I think all those things have got to be really high on the agenda of a, uh, of a new owner but but yeah I, to answer your question absolutely I think the, the, the player's mindset has changed greatly um, over the last 10 years the um, the overall focus is of course on the football but I think there's a the, there's a wider knowledge now that they have to be spokes uh, people, you know, when there's things going on off the pitch, and I'm sure that will probably maybe come to roost if if this happens.
0: And Matt Slater reported in the Athletic Chelsea likely to attract the highest price ever paid for a sports club. Dom Sam mentions the the stadium and and the rebuild. There, we thought that might be a big issue. It, it doesn't appear to be so, does it? It's the is what the brand is is so strong that that people are happy to kind of deal with that problem as and when, or do people think that it's acceptable as is? Or
2: I think any group that comes in will have to address the stadium issue. I think it's a I don't want to say elephant in the room necessarily because it's so it's so out there. I mean, it's 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 in the prospectus that was sent out by. To prospective buyers, I mean, it's it's very much, I think, something a selling point in some ways that people can make it into what they want. They they've been told that all the success that Abramovich has overseen with his his billions and losses over the years uh, has been done, arguably playing catch up in terms of match day revenues. The suggestion is that, they, that those match day revenues can go up from seventy million a year to two hundred million a year, a year if you if you get the stadium bigger, if you if you if you redevelop the site and 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 make it a whether it's 55,000 or 60,000 seater stadium so I think all all these guys who I mean, let's be honest of all those listed a lot of them are American investors and the key word being investors they, they want a return I imagine on, on on their money at some point and the the, the best way of, of, of achieving that is to is to raise the revenues that you're you're bringing into the club so a bit of short-term pain, and it's quite a lot of short-term pain if you're going to redevelop the stadium. But ultimately, that you get long-term gain out of that. Um, I, I'm you've you've sort of you've almost uh, stolen my thunder a bit because w- w- one of the pieces I've got to work on this week is is the stadium issue, um, and talking to various architects. Uh, I think we 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 always go back to the Herzog and de Cathedral of Football Design. One billion pound plus, amazing um, stadium redevelopment. It was going to look in brickwork, and it, well, it just looked absolutely stunning. The reality is that that was a bit of a luxury build. It was a, it, it was not normal, really. It was wonderful and exceptional. looked looked amazing, but it. But you can build, you redevelop Stanford Bridge for a lot less than a billion pounds. So maybe the, maybe the whoever comes in and buys this club, will think that they can do that for anywhere between 500 million and 750 million. And, and actually that's affordable given the numbers that these guys are playing with. Um, and that maybe they could even do it possibly without moving away. Maybe they could do it as a, as a process of uh, doing one stand at a time. I mean, there, there are various options that they would consider and various architects and civil engineers will, will be looking at this and, and putting proposals together to take to the new ownership um, but I suspect that it will happen. I suspect it has to happen because um, they all all see the cash cow that that uh, Stamford Bridge could become if it was redeveloped, if it was if matchday revenues were were raised. So, whatever happens, Stamford Bridge, something you know, there, there will be a redevelopment plan put together for it.
0: Uh, elsewhere in takeover talk, Catalina Kim, who's part of the Nick Candy consortium and football agent in her own right, took to Twitter to answer supporters' questions on Wednesday. She refuted claims she's a Spurs fan, uh, and listed some of the firms behind the blue football consortium bid. Uh, it's div- funny, this Dom. I can see you kind of smirking, but I'm not. I'm not really sure what she's looking to gain from this, because if if one of your rivals is is being buried based on an Islamophobic elderly relative. You just, just leave that to happen and stay out of it, don't you? And, and and let your bid do the talking for itself.
2: Yeah, but the that particular bid is, has an awful lot of press and a lot, a lot of noise around it, um, largely from uh, from Nick Candy. Um, and, and Catalina Kim has sort of added to that, which makes me feel as if... Well, the impression it gives is that they're not going to be on the shortlist. But they want to make out that they you know, they had this amazing bid out there that, that that they should have been considered um and uh, you know, it's worries us that they that they're not being selected. I the more I look at it, the people that are making the less noise are are the ones that I think supporters should look at and think, well, they've probably got a good chance of of progressing on this. Um I know there's, there has been some noise around the Todd Bewley bid, um, but there's it, it, a lot of, a lot of people saying that that's a, the finances are very much in place. It's quite an impressive bid. So they look as if they're huge. I mean, it would be, be very surprising if they weren't one of the ones that went through into next week. Um, I've done a lot of stuff around the Sir Martin Broughton's Strait Lord Coe bid, largely because of the... Slight conflict of interest that would appear to be there, given that they're stakeholders at Crystal Palace as well, Harrison Blitzer. But again, money's in place. These guys know sport; they know how to to run big clubs. So I suspect they'll probably go through into that phase as well. And then you're looking at the Ricketts um, bid, and you know whether they can weather this storm um, that's been whipped up around the comments. Um, I think at this stage, Rain will look at the actual. Package that they're offering, as opposed to the noise around it, um, and you know if, if it if it does progress, and I'd I'd expect the fan base to keep keep making that noise. In fact, to double double down on that and, and make sure that 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 is taken into account next week. Um, but they they seem the, the three. We don't know much about Woody Johnson yet, um, but he he seems to be doing it on his own with all these other guys as a, a consortia. But again, we'll, we'll have to see. Whether Rain deem what he's put on the table as uh, as acceptable or not, and the other one obviously is centricus, uh, which includes some Chelsea season ticket holders in the in the group, um, and we'll we'll see how impressive that bid as well, as well. But I, I suspect it will come from those from that quintet, really.
0: Uh, Well, listen, you know the drill. If you want to be kept up to speed with all the latest developments regarding the takeover, The Athletic, the best place to do so, just head to theathletic.com slash ChelseaPod now to sign up for just a pound a month for your first six months.
1: Next today, high time. We checked in on the women's team. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before?
0: Well, what with all the talk of takeovers and sanctions, we've neglected the women's team of late. Let's put that right now by calling up our friend Flo Lloyd-Hughes, who can bring us up to date with the latest as regards CFCW. Uh, So, Flo, we we had you on primarily to talk about Wednesday night's game against Spurs, uh, but we're not going to do that. Tell us why.
4: Yeah, so um, very much at uh, the last hour, Chelsea's already rescheduled home game against Spurs was called off on Wednesday night uh, i think it it was announced about half four um, a broadcaster in the us had actually announced it first before uh, either of the clubs but yeah it was it was due to to kick off just a few hours later and they announced that because of a covid outbreak in the spurs camp the uh, the game would be called off and it was yeah, pretty controversial, I think, because not only because obviously the game's already been rescheduled because of COVID. Um, so Chelsea haven't even played Spurs once this season yet. Uh, it was obviously done so late in the day and with the easing of restrictions recently and the fact that you know so many players have already had COVID pretty recently. I think people uh, probably weren't expecting it because they thought maybe we were sort of through... Um, through the worst of it. But yeah, uh, really, really surprising. Um There was an interesting tweet, actually, from uh, Chelsea's goalkeeper, Zajira Musevic, who is a really good follow on social media. I don't know if, if any of you guys follow her, but she's a, an interesting character. And she's actually got her own blog, uh, which is a funny read as well. So I would recommend people uh, people give her a follow. But she tweeted not long after the game was postponed, saying, doesn't make sense to me how a game can be postponed due to a number of COVID-19 that close to a kickoff. Something clearly must have went wrong here. And then she's done the sort of like thinking face emoji. In days at 12pm, but not at 4pm. Hmm. So, yeah, I think uh, it's been an interesting one. And, and Spurs are due to play Arsenal at the Emirates on Saturday in a very highly marketed uh, North London derby. I think around 15,000 tickets have been sold for that. So... If that game doesn't happen, Arsenal will not be happy. So it'll be interesting to see what happens for the rest of the week.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that Musevic has left that tweet up, actually. I thought it might have been taken down or she might get in a bit of trouble for it, but um, it would apparently appear not. Um, after we recorded on Monday, Chelsea drew Arsenal in the FA Cup semi-final. You, you've just mentioned um, Arsenal there. It, it, it's basically Chelsea and, and Arsenal shooting it out for the title. We would think is this is this now a bigger rivalry than, than Chelsea v Man City, which has dominated the WSL in the last few years?
4: Oh yeah, I think this rivalry this rivalry is massive. I think it probably has been the kind of premier, although that makes me sound super American. But I think it has been <laughs> the, the the biggest rivalry. In, in the league for a while. I think the fact that um, there's you know they're both London clubs. Arsenal used to win everything, and then obviously with lots of investment and ambition, and Emma Hayes, Chelsea have hit back with some titles of their own. And Joe Montemuro and Emma Hayes had a, a brilliant rivalry, and and the rivalry between Unai and Emma Hayes has already blossomed into you know great drama from the from the FA Cup final in December. So. I think it I think it's a it's a really tasty one and, and the two teams don't seem to, to like each other. Whereas I think you're right, because City have sort of drifted this season and over the last couple of seasons, I mean they've only won one league title, uh I think that rivalry's kind of diminished a little bit. Whereas that that ambition is still there from Arsenal and I think that makes this this definitely the best rivalry.
3: Flo, I read Emma Hazy's pre-match comments, and in particular about Frank Kirby, giving her a rest, giving her a holiday. Um, Did she look jaded to you in her most recent performances? And I suppose is that one bonus from this game being, being called off that Frank Kirby will be back when the points are really important towards the tail end of the season?
4: Fran Kirby's been a bit of a mystery over the last couple of weeks. Um, she hasn't played in a while. Um, Emma Hayes said she had an illness. She's obviously had a really difficult last sort of year and a half, two years with injury and illness. So she she hasn't played in a while, and she kind of just drifted out of the squad. and, and Hayes just said, "Yep, yeah, it's cause of illness, but she'll be back soon." And then when I last spoke to Hayes, which was after that really dramatic late win over Aston Villa. She said that that Kirby would be returning to training next week, and you know that she'd be looking to get her back in the squad. Obviously, that hasn't happened. Um, but Hayes is always quite mysterious with injuries. Um, you know, she often say that players ready, firing, and fit, and then they're they're actually out for two months. Um, but I think she does that because she doesn't want opposition managers to really know what's going on. So it's kind of her sort of playbook. But I do think with with Fran Kirby, she knows that she needs to because of um her you know illness and uh, that she's had that that she really needs to kind of give her that proper rest and I imagine that the time off will be good for her to to come back ready but yeah it's strange she's just kind of drifted out of the squad um kind of before the Conti Cup final and then they had an outbreak of Covid as well which meant they had quite a few players out so I think people expected her to come back and and it just hasn't worked out but I mean bigger picture as well Kirby's fitness is is massive for for England at the Euro She. She, you know, is going to be a massive part of England's plans this summer and, and Serena Vigman's plans this summer. And she was really good in the last international break over February when England played in the Arnold Clark Cup and, and won that kind of friendly tournament. So I think it's really important that she does have this rest because England are going to need her this summer.
0: Finally, Flo, what? In terms of the title race, how well do you think Chelsea are placed? Obviously, they, they would have liked that game last night to go ahead and, and on the assumption that they would have won it, they would have been clear at the top of the table. But in terms of the remaining games, it's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? Because obviously now got to play Spurs twice, who are doing well. Still got Man United on the last day of the season as well. But then Leicester coming up this weekend and Birmingham, they've just thumped in the cup. It, I can't quite work out whether it's a, a gentle running or a difficult one.
4: I, they've definitely got the harder running because they've got Manchester United on the last day of the season. And that could be a huge game because United could need to win it to get into the Champions League and, and Chelsea could need to win it to claim the title. So I would say they've probably got the harder running because of that game, whereas Arsenal haven't got quite the same kind of dramatic end to the season as that. I think they've got West Ham on the last day, but they have got them away from home, which which will be tricky. But Be interesting to see what happens. I mean, potentially Chelsea could be clear by that point if Arsenal do drop points. But the the fact that you know that they they still need to probably looks like win that game just to be safe uh, makes the last
0: day a pretty dramatic one. Lovely, Flo. Thanks for your time. We'll speak to you again soon. Cheers. Uh, in terms of the international blues over the next few days, Jorginho and on loan Emerson part of the Italy squad preparing for World Cup playoffs. Italy face North Macedonia at home tonight as we record. Should they win that, they'll play Turkey or Portugal next week for a place in Qatar. Uh, Sam, Thomas Tuchel kind of jokingly said last week that the Italian FAO him a favour because he left Jorginho out of the Middlesbrough game with an eye on this. As a player, will that have gone down well in terms of... Jorginho and Tuchel's relationship—no reason to suspect that that was anything but good. But would that bond him to his club manager? That, that he did him that favour?
3: Yeah, I think I think so. I think you, you, they want to play in every game, don't they? The, these guys—that's um, clear. But yeah know, this is a this is a huge week for, for for Italy, isn't it? And you know, in comparison to some of the the fixtures that some of the players are going off to to play in, um, you know, this jumps off the off the page. So. He'll be fresh. He's been in brilliant form and he can give his full focus to this before returning for some, you know, high level games to to end his, his um, club season. So, yeah, I think it's clear that, you know, from the outside, you know, looking in, it looks like the relationship between player and manager is pretty good across the board. Uh, I think it seemed that way throughout the season and um, yeah, definitely a good little bit of man management, just making sure he's ready for this fixture.
0: Elsewhere, Edward Mendy's got a return date with Egypt just over a month after beating them on penalties in the final of the African Cup of Nations. Mendy and Senegal again face the Egyptians, this time over two legs. First in Cairo on Friday, uh, the return is at the new national stadium in Senegal on Tuesday. In CONCACAF action, Christian Pulisic's USA need a minimum of five points from their three games over the break to guarantee qualification for the World Cup. They play Mexico on Friday, Panama at home on Monday, Costa Rica away on Thursday. The USMNT have never won a World Cup qualifier in Mexico or Costa Rica it's been an interesting season Dom hasn't it for Christian Pulisic because he's got this massive thing going on in his international career and he's also you mentioned the American consortiums he's been kind of a selling point in the takeover as well hasn't he in, in a way that no other player has been
2: well he was the only player mentioned in that prospectus that we mentioned earlier I mean it was and, and that really sums up the market they're trying to sell the club to um you know, it's it's. I mean, he is he is considered to be a yeah a massive selling point in terms of in terms of drumming up interest in the states, um, and it's clearly worked because all the bids have come from there largely. Um, yeah, it has been it's been a strange season because I mean there have been times when he's gone off on international duty almost like to rekindle his form and to to build up his confidence even fitness um, earlier in the season, and he's actually now I know there've been bouts of illness etc of late, but he's looked more himself he's 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 almost established himself as a in that first choice front three if it's Kai Havertz Mason Mount and Christian Pulisic who he he were doing so well for a period and and almost yeah almost almost the, the go-to trio for for Tuchel so yeah let's hope he comes back fit and firing um although I would say that and he always scores against Crystal Palace and now he's got the blooming FA Cup semi-final to come it's eerie me all the best Christian
0: Elsewhere, Thiago Silva's away with Brazil. They face Chile and Bolivia, but they're long since qualified, so it doesn't matter too much. Uh, The remainder of the Chelsea International crew are playing friendlies. We'll let you know how they and those in more serious action get on in our Monday show. Next today is quiz time.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover,
0: all right chaps this is a much easier quiz than last week i think it's all based on the season so far so i'm expecting high scores if not perfect does
2: that mean we've got to be having to have paid attention to the season so far oh god
0: yes, yes.
2: i thought it was just going to be all about people and who taking over chelsea jesus No. no
1: they're, they're <laughs> are, you lost they're that are. one already Tom. No. <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh,
0: dear. It's not former Bolton defender Sam Ricketts. Anyway. <laughs> um, right, Dom, here's your first one. How many goals have Chelsea scored in the six games since losing the League Cup final on penalties?
3: Oh.
2: Six games. So they've won all Six. Do I get half a mark for that? Um it's a good way to buy yourself some more time. Thanks. Just to yeah. <laughs> well, I saw four of them at Burnley. Um was Luton after that? Luton was after that, it's got three there. Oh geez, seven seven and two, four more games. Fifteen?
0: Oh, it's absolutely correct. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm resigning. I'm done. <laughs> Wow Yeah I mean that is peak quizzing It puts a lot of pressure on Sam as well For for what I think might be the toughest question of the the quiz this week Who was the last opposition player to score a goal at Stamford Bridge? Come on Mm. Um, If it's up there I'll give you the money myself As somebody once said This
3: is uh, Oh well it's I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for the Plymouth central defender who I think is called Gillespie or Gillespie.
0: That is absolutely correct. Oh, well done, Sam. Macaulay Gillespie, his name is. Um, well I'll done, Sam. I not knowing his first name. But, um, <laughs> that was very good. 1-1. One, one. Wow. Uh, Dom, excluding shootouts, how many penalties has Jorginho scored for Chelsea this season? Six. Sam, can you steal it?
3: Excluding shootouts.
0: Excluding shootouts. Just for Chelsea, not for Italy. Four. Nine. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Chelsea get a lot of penalties. He takes them all and he usually scores them. Um Okay. Second question for you, Sam. Chelsea face Real Madrid in the Champions League quarterfinals next month. Since joining the Spanish Giants from Chelsea in 2019 or ahead of the 2019-20 season, how many El Clasicos has Eden Hazard played in?
3: I'm not one that jumps on Sunday night El Clasicos. I'm going to say none.
0: Oh, that is absolutely correct. (laughs) He's been an unused sub on three occasions other times he's been injured. That makes me really sad, by the way, that he hasn't even got to play in one. Okay, so it's 2-1, so you need this, really, Dom. Uh, Who has started the most Premier League games for Chelsea this season?
1: Been
0: 28 of them. Nobody started all 28.
2: Who started the most Premier League games?
3: Mendy.
0: Sam, do you want to steal it?
3: Has to be Rudiger, doesn't it?
0: It was Rudiger. Yeah, well done, Sam. Yeah, Afcon did for for Mendy. I'm afraid. All right, so you've won anyway, Sam. But you can um, you can really rub it in by getting your final question (laughs) right. Uh, what did Mason Mount achieve for the first time in a Chelsea shirt against Norwich at Stamford Bridge Ah. always easy if you know him yeah
3: (laughs) his first hat trick
0: it was his first hat trick well done mate
3: just need to beat Simon now and then fireworks will go off (laughs) (laughs) done the Dom Liam double (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely the lineal champion but I mean to start with how many goals scored in six games and follow up with Macaulay Gillespie getting a rare mention on the show uh, is extraordinary I hope you enjoyed that listening <laughs> <laughs> um, Don, we've kind of done your plugs but you're going to be writing about the, the stadium and, and how it and when it should be converted and why and by whom
2: yeah I love a little bit of a potted history of the of the issues around the stadium development under Abramovich, and and some suggestions as to what might happen next and what can be done on the site, um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's 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 already turning into a bit of an epic, unfortunately, a bit like a, uh, a bit like Chelsea's plans to, to, although mine cost considerably less and uh, yeah, and won't look as pretty.
0: Uh, You can also read a survey of Chelsea supporters conducted by The Athletic, which Simon has written up. Among the results, 56% of the participants felt it's unfair that Chelsea had been impacted by the sanctions on Roman Abramovich. There are lots more uh, interesting questions and interesting answers, so go and check that out. If you are a subscriber, if not, head to theathletic.com slash ChelseaPod to sign up now. Uh, Sam, where are you this weekend?
3: uh i'm hanging the mic up this weekend not because of the the quiz success but because i'm uh, off to a wedding <laughs> in somerset so uh filling my boots lovely
0: i'm hanging the mic up for a couple of shows now as well listener liam's going to be in the hot seat i'm taking a little break do join him in the gang on monday if you can uh, by the way the shows might drop a little later than normal because producer lucy is also on holiday at the moment so she needs to drag herself off the beach um to put all this together and put it into some kind of broadcastable format but anyway liam's at the wheel for the next couple of shows Uh, do join him and the gang if you can until then from all of us here it's goodbye
1: the athletic